Three, two, one. Welcome to Book Talk, etc. A podcast bound to grow your. Wait, sorry. You Hold go- on. Hold on. Wait. I forgot to put my glasses oh, on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like see you shuffling around. I'm like, what are you doing? Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR Etc. And I'm Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. Today we're talking about buzzword books. We'll share something that we've been loving lately, review our latest read, and have book talk about our buzzword books. Buzzwords that always get our attention and a book recommendation to go along with it. We'll wrap things up with our shelf edition, a book that we've added to our own TBR lists. We're a new podcast, so if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to follow us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, Tina. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. Busy day. Just got back yes. from Trader Joe's. Oh, my favorite place. I know. And I, I did not get that much today, um, but I had to go because I've been out of flowers and I won't buy flowers <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> anywhere else. else. They do have the best flowers. They have the best flowers. And I have missed them in um, some of my Instagram photos. So I need so to go to grab some flowers. I, I'm with you. I went on the 4th of July at like an hour before they closed. And it was so wonderful because I could actually stop in front of the frozen foods and like take a look around. Cause ours is so busy. Like mm-hmm. usually I'm just like hustling in and I get really nervous, <laughs> but t- this last time no one was in there. It was awesome. Perfect. I know people do hover because ours is always busy too. Yeah. This has been a really fun episode to prep for the buzzword books. And I, of course, feel like I overthought it. I was like, does it have to be one word? Can it be a group of words? But I think I have some good ones. Me too. And I completely overthought it. I almost messaged you about it last night. And then I was like, wait, she does not care to know (laughs) that I have completely overthought this episode. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I I had fun. I think I spent two and a half hours trying to just pick out like the right books that I knew Mm -hmm. were like really that either the title or the blurb had really got me. Yep. No, I I'm with you. And that was part of the fun though. I found myself going down a rabbit hole, like, okay, did this really encapsulate this particular word? Like, is this a good recommendation? I wanted, cause I wanted, there are some books that got me with their hook, but I didn't like them. And I didn't want to bring books oh, that weren't yeah, right. that I'm not recommending that, you know, got me with their buzzword. But before we get into book talk, tell me what are you loving lately? Well, this week I have brought, I guess you would call it a product, but it is a food product. And I am a coffee drinker. I love mm-hmm. coffee. I love Same. trying to find the very best dark roast that I could possibly find. And I don't know that I have, but I have a new one. And it is. Allegro coffee. And I get that at Whole Foods. Oh, And they're in like random, just gray kind of packaging. So I kind of hadn't paid attention to them before, but then I decided to give it a try. So it is a dark roast and it's called the Organic Espresso Sierra. And the description for, I guess, what type of dark roast it is. I don't know. I don't know how this works, but it is dark chocolate slash caramel slash layered, whatever that, I don't know, but it all the last, what's the layered. I don't know. Maybe coffee connoisseurs can fill me in on that. I'm not (laughs) sure, but it is really good. And what I like about it is non GMO verified organic and it's rainforest Alliance certified. So I don't know. That all sounds good. Right. The buzzword. <laughs> but it's on the really, coffee really good. It's really good at a good price point. It's a, I think about eleven ninety nine for 12 ounces, oh, good. which yeah. isn't horrible. Do you do the whole bean or do you do the ground? I, I do it. I do get ground. Mm-hmm. I know it would taste better if I got yeah. the whole bean and we have the whole bean. Do you? You, yeah, you, I don't grind, yeah, do you I grind, grind it beans. every morning? Yeah. I grind my beans. Well, I have cold brew. Yeah. So I grind, I just made some like an hour ago. I do cold brew though. So I grind it and then I have this bag and I steep it in the fridge for, I think it's 12 hours, 18 hours. And then you get cold brew. Oh, wow. 
I probably didn't do a great job describing it, but I only drink cold coffee. Oh, you do? Yes. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Even in the winter, you only oh, yeah. drink cold. Yep. Year round. Wow. I do like cold in the summer, but never ever in the winter, but I drink <laughs> hot every day, but I like to get it ready the night before is the thing. Oh, and that's because I am so you not measure it out and pour it in and, yep. and then just hit the button oh, in the morning. Yes. Okay. I got I it. I do. Like I fought against that because the water's not fresh. It's been sitting, <laughs> but then <laughs> I <laughs> decided I don't care. I'm not a morning person. Uh, and I just want to push the button and have it give me coffee within a couple minutes. Okay. I'll <laughs> but allow it. I, I don't know. It's just, just a, a good dark roast, I think. And I'm always open. If anyone is a dark roast drinker, I would love to know what's your favorite. Send me a message or an email. And mine was Allegro coffee from Whole Foods. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you brought that. We are big, big coffee drinkers in this house. We used to order from a company called Bones Coffee and they had the best flavors. They had the funniest names. It was like all like themed around holidays. So my favorite is their pumpkin. They have all sorts like mint chocolate chip and all sorts of like crazy flavors. Yeah. I know that wouldn't float your boat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not a flavored coffee drinker. I don't like sweet, but I like when the coffee itself is flavored because it gives you a hint of pumpkin or a hint of cinnamon or vanilla or whatever you're having. But no, I don't drink like, you know, super sweet coffees. Me either. No, just cream. I think that's, yeah. I'll do Splenda. I've been doing nut pods, which is like kind of like a, it's almost like an oat milk thing, but sorry guys, we got off on a little tangent Tangent, there. Cream tangent. Well, I have something to share today for my loving lately that I'm fairly certain you're going to roll your eyes really hard. (laughs) Okay. But mine is a video game and it is called Stardew Valley. And I have gotten back into it hardcore. And this is a video game that even people like me who usually do not play video games can get into. Okay. I promise this is addicting and therapeutic. And I personally play on our PlayStation, but there's also a computer version You can get it on Android or iOS. In the game, you inherit your grandfather's farm and you get to create (laughs) your character and pick the type of farm that you want. So there's different types. You can have a farm with monsters. You can have one near the ocean. You can have one that has a lot of mountains, things like that. And then basically you go from there. You learn how to fish. You learn how to grow food. You can raise animals and make different products and you can go mining. And there's different quests that you go in and complete, and you can only farm certain things in certain seasons. I'm like laughing because it sounds so dumb when you explain it, but I (laughs) promise you it's the most wonderful game ever. So there's townspeople. There's about 30 or so characters that you get to interact with. They all have these different personalities and likes and backstories, and you only get to know this over time because the more you interact with them, the more friend points you get and the deeper conversations you get to have and eventually you can marry and date someone in the game if you want. It is super relaxing and it has the best music. So you can just sit there and kind of zone out. And now my husband and I can play together. So for years and years, we were waiting for this update. and Finally, it came out. We can play together and share a farm, which has been really (laughs) fun. My favorite way to play is while also listening to an audiobook. So I'll sit there with my little audiobook at night and play Stardew Valley. Oh, wow. If there's any Stardew Valley lovers out there, definitely hit me up. Just let me know. It's the most fun little game, and I highly recommend it. This is the PlayStation game Stardew Valley. Wow. I know. I I have two threw you for a loop there, huh? Uh, Yes. But how interesting is this? I... Don't know why. Sometimes I pop on Psychology Today. I just like their website. I was on there last night just trying to see, like, does anything hit me? What do I want to read about? There was an article. I'll I'll find it in link, but it was about the benefits of video games. Really? I swear. And I was like, oh, I almost want to say it was the benefits of video games for adults because Mm -hmm. I glanced at it and I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that would be like for me, 
but then you bring a video game. See? <laughs> well, so and weird. yeah, this one's, it's called like a role player game. And I, again, am not a gamer. I don't know. This is the literal only game I play, but you're kind of this character and you get to live in this little world. And honestly, you can waste so many hours. It's not wasted because you're having fun, but it's, right. you can spend, it's so surprising because you describe it and it sounds so simple, but like there's these little quests you have to go on and it's, like I said, so relaxing. So, oh, that's so interesting. Well, good. You'll have to find that article and share it with us. I will. I'll find it and link. Well, that's a fun hobby. That could always yeah. be. I used to play them when I was young. Mm-hmm. Nothing like they have now. Like, like you said, going on oh, a gosh, quest. No. I mean, we played yeah. Pac Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I had a Super Nintendo that I was really into. Right. Okay. How do you listen to an audiobook mm-hmm. and do that at the same time? I I don't think I could do that and think d- in two I, different ways like that. Yeah. It, you really are thinking in two different ways, but I think what I know how to play the game in my sleep, like it's very, it's the same s- similar motions over and over. So you're not like fighting anyone. It's not super intense. Although there are monsters you have to fight once in a while, but anyway, sometimes I'll have to like rewind my audio book, but yeah, I've, I don't know. I've been able to, oh. to follow it. And it's so fun when I like, finally, I don't do it all the time because a lot of times at night I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> but you know, when I do sit down and find the time, it's the best. And of course I have to like fold in an audio book too. So I'm reading. Okay. Well, very interesting. That was good. Yeah. Surprised you. Very. Okay. Well, do you want to start? Do you want to share your latest read? Sure. My latest read was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Mm -hmm. And this is the book that I listened to on a road trip. My husband and I went on this past month and I picked it because I knew he'd love it. I didn't know anything about this book, but I, he loves science. And I was like, all right, you know, I've been hearing good reviews about this one. Plus it was really long. Okay. The book opens up with Ryland Grace waking up from a coma to find out that he doesn't know his name and that he's stuck on a small ship, like rocket ship. He does not know why he's there or what he's there to do. He just knows that he is millions of miles from home and has no one with him, but two dead bodies. Oh my. And this computer that takes care of him and feeds him. His memory slowly starts to come back and he realizes that he is on a desperate last chance mission to save earth. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Okay. Because that's the the basis of the story. And I think the less you know about it, the better. If you liked his book, The Martian, you will definitely like this one. This book had a lot more science talk. So a lot more detail. It took me a minute to get used to it. If you, you can glaze over it. If you don't care about the science behind what's going on, you can just let it wash over you. You're not flying the spaceship yourself. Like, don't worry about some (laughs) of the detail, but if you do like the science, I think you might like this even more because there's a lot that has to do with climate change and other things. So it gets really interesting. This is a 16 hour book and I ended up not being able to listen to it on the road trip. So I finished it over the course of one weekend basically over the course of two days. It was one of those where I was like finding things around the house to clean so that I could keep listening. If you like stories with interesting, well-developed characters that are not perfect, but that you can root for and an exciting plot, this one's for you. And like I said, I can also vouch for the audio. It was very well narrated and I appreciated being able to hear a certain character's voice. Oh, so, Highly recommend for me. And this was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Um, I actually have that. But when you said that you knew nothing about it, I actually know nothing about it either. I I ordered it as a book of the month when I saw people raving about it, Mm -hmm. but I kind of avoided any actual thoughts on it because Mm -hmm. I did. I I love The Martian. No, you Mm -hmm. didn't. I I love the movie, The Martian. I didn't. Okay. Oh my but gosh, thought, this could so be a movie. I could so see this. And I I was trying not to picture Matt Damon as uh, Ryland oh, Grace, right. but I was, even though he's not like, this. he has nothing to do with this, but he was the character that was talking in my head. <laughs> I think I would probably do the same. Yeah, so. you, can't, you can't help it. I'm glad you liked it. My latest read, I'm excited to talk about because I've been trying to actively read and feature or, you know, um, books that you, I'm not seeing everywhere. And this is one. And plus the author is a very nice guy. This is The Sacrifice of Lester Yates by Robin Mm -hmm. Yoakum. Came out in April. And 
this is a mystery. So if you are a mystery lover, I think that this should really be on your TBR. I've read and loved his previous books, Favorite Son, which Favorite Son had some characters that are reoccurring in this book, but you don't have to read it first. And then his other book, A Brilliant Death, it was in my top 10. And I want to say it was in 2017. It was so good. So, so good. I like Um, the name. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're such great mysteries. And they are, these are very like straight up mysteries with really good characters and they all take place in Ohio, which is even better. Perfect. And this new one, The Sacrifice of Lester Yates, there are many scenes that take place in Columbus. So that was kind of fun. It's billed as a political thriller. I would call it more a mystery. Definitely has the politics. For me, the pacing was was much more on point with a mystery. Lester Yates is the notorious Egypt Valley Strangler, one of the country's most prolific serial killers, or is he? Yates is two months from his date with the executioner when the Ohio attorney general is presented with evidence that could exonerate him. However, there are many political forces at play that do not want him exonerated. Mm -hmm. Dominoes would fall and they don't want him out. I, of course, enjoyed that this is set in Ohio. It's very much a story about not only who did it, if he's not the serial killer, who is? Mm -hmm. Um, But there really was there really was a serial killer operating in this area, which I did not know. I think 18 women had been murdered. And up until 2004, he had been active. What I think this author does a great job of is subtly layering the plot while giving us characters we can root for. He has a supporting character who is the assistant to Hutch. Hutch, who's the Ohio attorney general. And her name is Margaret. And she was also in Favorite Son. And she was fantastic. I mm. loved her. So I love rooting for other characters. And I love when the secondary characters are just as layered and strong as yep. the main ones. thought it was fascinating to follow the more than one plot that he had going. I love that it revolved around a wrongful conviction, which yeah. is definitely like one of my, I guess, two of my buzzwords. Oh, I, good. I do. I love when I see that something, either a nonfiction or a fiction is mm-hmm. going to be about that. And then oh my God. I, it's like well, the worst thing that could happen to someone. Right. Right. And I will definitely usually want to read that story. I felt for Lester. I worried that if he was innocent, time was most definitely running out. And I liked Hutch. He was smart, morally upstanding. He had obstacles thrown at him every step of the way. Overall, I thought this was a smart, solidly plotted mystery. And I'd recommend to those who really enjoy small town settings and characters you can root for. And that was The Sacrifice of Lester Yates by Robin Yoakum. Great. I have never heard of this one. I so know. I appreciate it's very you under the it. radar. It's very right. under the radar, unfortunately. I know. And you're big into mysteries. So this is right love in mis- your I lane. Know. I do. I mm-hmm. love mysteries. Well, let's get into book we get talk. To talk. We get to talk. Yay. And I want to know, we did not share our buzzwords with each other prior to this. So I don't know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> I think I have an idea. You could idea. probably guess one. Right. I, I have like a couple little secrets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is That's that not what I thought you were going to say, though. Oh, no. About one okay. of, what my, one of my big, big buzzwords. Are, well, your um, other big is. one is uh, in another life or like. That's true. Yeah. That's I not on your right. list today. That's not what I thought you were going to say either. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> what else? Okay. I do know what you like. I do know what you like. You know what I know when I say it, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, how did you decide what your buzzwords were? Well, I know like for me, when I see these words or even if it's not in the title and it's in the blurb and I see the, the subject or these particular words, then that's all I need. Like I will want yeah. to read the book. And that's You're how like I know sold. it is for me a buzzword book. Okay. So I kind of overthought it, like I said earlier, <laughs> and just basically I was going through my Goodreads and trying to see books that I liked and reread their synopsis and was like, okay, does this include this? Does this include this? And then I was not even looking for one. And earlier this week, I was just going into my scribed app. Like I need 
more audiobooks to read. <laughs> but I was like, oh, what's available? And I was scrolling through and I found one and it had one of my buzzwords right there. So I downloaded it and literally finished it in two days. And this is going to be one of my books that I share later. Oh, I can't wait to hear what that is. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably the exact same way. And I don't know, is it part of the marketing or do you know, do you ever get pulled in? And then yes. it turns out to be like nothing, like those buzzwords don't mean anything. And then you're mad. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think the book marketers of the world have gotten wise to us and they know what sells and they do comparisons and they're like, oh yeah, lie has been really big this year. Let's Mm -hmm. add this in there where it could be a part of it, but I feel like every book has a couple lies in it. So, you know, I feel like they've gotten wise to what people, and and I fall right for it. Don't get me wrong. So (laughs) that's why I kind of went about it the reverse way and looked for books that I liked, because there are some books that pull me in with their buzzword. And I'm like, this was dumb. Or like, this didn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what are your anti buzzwords? Okay. One for me that the first one that comes to mind is cult. Mm-hmm. I knew okay. you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so these are words that if I see them in the description or the title, my mind will automatically say, I don't want to read that. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I probably potentially do disregard books that I may end up liking only right. because I have preconceived notions about mm-hmm. what I think about that, or I don't like to read about cults because oh I, really, I really don't. But what if it was a good story? I don't know. But isn't that weird how that's, it's so automatic. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will yes. just disregard it based on that. Or if I see in someone else's review that they say, oh, you know, here's what the book was about. And if you like cults, I'll be like, oh, okay. Nope. Not for I'm me. Out. Uh-huh. <laughs> see, cults I'd like. That's not one of the books I'm bringing or one of the buzzwords I'm bringing today, but I do like books with cults in them. For me, you're right. One of the words immediately that I will turn away from is mythology. It oh, like yeah. it shuts my brain down. And you said you wonder if you're missing out on some books that otherwise would be great. And I definitely think I am. There's one called Olympus, Texas that mm-hmm. was big this year. And I heard some great reviews on it. I think one of the book clubs had picked it for theirs. And I was like, oh, okay, what's this about? And I looked, I was like, oh gosh, mythology. I don't want to be, you know, that's I not know. for me. I think you're right that I kind of have this preconceived Maybe I'm discounting books that I would like, if not for, you know, this, this one word. Right. I agree with you about mythology. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not something. That's a tough one for me. It's a, it's me too. Something else that I will usually pass over and and then may circle back. But if I see multi-generational family saga, Uh uh-huh. I I'm usually, you don't like that. I'm usually out. If I see see that, yeah, it's not going to pull me in. Uh, Now that's not to say I won't read that. I probably won't. won't I probably, right. I probably won't go back and read cults. Um, (laughs) but I will, if people recommend me something that's a multi-generational family saga and I trust their recommendations, I may give that a try, but those are not buzzwords for me. Similarly, if I hear something is an author's most ambitious novel to date, oh. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, because what is it about that? It's so dumb because again, it's kind of automatic. My brain thinks this is going to be flowery writing. It's going to be overly long. It's going to be overworked. I want something that's going to pull me oh, in. And interesting. Like, yeah. And then silly because I know I've read books that are an author's most ambitious novel. Like I love long books. I love, you know, books that are, that have some yeah, you do. plots, but when I hear that, it makes me think they're taking on too much and I'm not sure if they're going to do it well. Oh my God. Okay. You just jumped to that conclusion yeah. in your brain. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Which is why. With no proof. With no proof. Right. So anyway. That's so interesting. Do you have any more? I have another one. I have one more. It's in another life. Oh, I can't do it. <gasps> I know. And these are like your fave. I know, but I don't, I like books with consequences. I like books where it's set in reality. I can think of a very, very popular book that we, (laughs) that is kind of in this realm that I sadly did not like the midnight library kind of took on an, in another life scheme, if Mm -hmm. you will, where she lived many, many different lives. And if she had done one thing different, this would have been changed. I thought there's just no consequences here. And I, I, sadly missed the point of that book. And I know so many people. Yeah. I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. I did love it. But that makes sense because that's one of your buzzwords. Yes. I love what ifs. And this will make sense for one of my picks I'm bringing today too. And why you might not like it okay. based on this conversation right here. But I do. I love to see the chance of what if mm-hmm. in different scenarios. Um, I thought I liked it, but I tried a few books that play with that and I either DNF'd it or didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't work. What's your last anti buzzword? I feel pretty strongly about alternating timelines. Like if I see alternating timelines, mm-hmm. I'm not usually crazy about that. Do you mean like then and now? Yes. Oh, that. see, yes. I love then that. And now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is not my favorite. I would rather have a straight Okay. This is going to sound somewhat confusing. I would rather have a straightforward story, but it's fine if, if it jumps lifetimes or, oh, you sure. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. We can have different lives, but like if we're, it can, it can the jump lifetimes. We can't, we can't have it. Right. But I don't <laughs> like then and now that mm-hmm. past and present, Got it. but there's still plenty of books that I have read that I end up liking or loving. And I've gotten through that. I know I can think of a few of those that I ended up loving, but I probably resisted reading them for quite a while. Ah, Okay. That's fair enough. Okay. Well, what I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. If you see as a description, character driven or plot driven, which Mm -hmm. are you more likely to want to read? Character driven. Okay. I'm definitely plot driven. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. If I see character driven, it will cause me to either put it at the bottom of my TBR mm-hmm. <laughs> or put a question mark beside it. Yeah. Okay. So th- I, I love thought that's how driven. we did. Oh, and I just realized, I think I know what your last word is. And this is honestly, I hate to say it, almost an anti-buzzword for me. It's missing, right? Missing girls or women. Oh, that that's a buzzword for me. Right? Oh, I know. Oh, that's an anti-buzzword for you? Kind of, kind of, kind of. Because I... I feel like maybe I've just read so many books with a missing girl mm-hmm. in it, specifically girl, not necessarily woman, but like a young girl that oh, I just really like, specific. Uh, well, you know, I don't like books with kids in them. Okay. What's the difference for you between girl and woman, but okay. You don't like missing kids. Yeah. It just, it just gets my heart in a funny place. I think. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Um, right. Well, as what it you came knew to me. I loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I came to love, me eventually. Yes. I love the word disappearance in any way, shape, or form. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. That don't get me wrong. I will still read books with disappearance in it because almost sometimes you can't get away from it, especially in the thriller mystery space. But I have to be, it has to be very specific for me. Like okay. if a lot of girls are disappearing, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but only one is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Only one I can handle. I can ride with multiple girls disappearing. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into our picks. Do you want to start? I would love to start. Okay. And I'm smiling because I'm like, oh, I'm not, Renee's not going to like this book. I don't think <laughs> my first word is viral as in when someone goes viral or something oh, they do. Mm-hmm. or something they do goes viral. I love it. I want to know what they did. I want to know what happened, the consequences. So a lot of the time, this means that the character has been publicly shamed for something they did, or it could mean that they get super famous because of some reason. And my book recommendation for this category is Mona at Sea by Elizabeth James Gonzalez. I just listened to this this past week and I really connected to it. This is the author's debut. And our main character, Mona, has always done everything right. She got all of the trophies, studied the hardest, and graduated at the top of her class with a degree in finance. And despite all of this, Mona finds herself unemployed, living with her parents, and basically adrift in her life, in her love life, and everywhere else. And she goes viral because on her very first day at her very first job, her company goes under. And there is a reporter standing right outside. She still has her suitcase there because she just moved. And she goes viral because a reporter interviews her minutes after she got, you know, let go. And she's complaining. She's like, I've done everything right. And she ends her tirade with, I even ate my vegetables. And (laughs) she gets basically 
put out online and they dub her the sad millennial because everyone's like, I ate my vegetables and people start to recognize her. She became like a meme. She became a meme. Yep. From this video. And the thing about this book is it is set in the early 2000s, right around when the financial bubble bursts. And, you know, I understand I could really relate to her. I got my master's in 2009. It was kind of, there were not a lot of jobs, you know, in specific fields at that time. So she really does have a hard time finding any job, let alone a job in the field that she studied. The character is having an existential crisis and she can come across as a little bit entitled, but she has such a great character arc. She's funny. She just has these observations that make you understand where she's coming from. She talks about how being told over and over how smart you are as a kid can come to define you. It makes you believe that you deserve more because you work harder when we know that that's not the case. And like I said, it's darkly funny. She should be unlikable, but she really isn't. Her observations are spot on and she explores what happens after you find out life isn't what you thought it would be. It's about not wasting your life waiting for something. And it's about finding your authentic self. I really loved this. And I listened again to this in like a day and a half. I highly recommend it to any other sad millennials, though. I do want to make a note that there is pretty graphic description of self-harm. So that's something you're sensitive to. You might want to avoid this, but I love the book overall. And this was Mona at Sea by Elizabeth James Gonzalez. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And if I could have possibly put money on anything you might've said, it would not have (laughs) been been viral. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it's kind of a weird thing, but I truly love it. Like when someone goes viral, gets famous, they become a meme, whatever publicly shamed all of that, like is totally my thing. Okay. I can tell right now that we are, we are going to have some vastly different picks. Uh We have some, yeah, we have (laughs) some opposite opinions today. Occasionally overlap, but this is not going to be an episode of overlap for us. I don't think that's all right. That's fun. Okay. I know that makes it so fun. My first book is my most recent book in that I just finished it right before this episode. I wanted to squeeze it in and It has one of my buzzwords in the title. And sorry if this sounds bad, but I like books about murder. Oh, (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I love murder. Well, that's my buzzword for this one (laughs) is murder. I know it sounds, it sounds really wrong. The book is called the 22 murders of Madison May by Max Berry. Yes. Tell me about it. Recently brought to our July books on the radar. The reason this has my, outside of the title, which is what caught me because of the word murder, this has the time travel element. And this is why I I don't know if you would like it, Mm -hmm. but this is such a, oh gosh, a what, it is a what if I have to be really careful about what I say. Now, this is a, this is a serial killer book. It is blurbed as mind bending and it is extremely mind bending and you have to just go along with the story and don't be like me. I ended up getting it on audio, even though I I started in print, but I wanted to keep going with the story when I Mm -hmm. was doing everything else. And the audio was fantastic. Oh, good. Oh, really, really good. I ended up sticking with the audio. I would pause it and then try to work out the plot and like what was going on in my head. And then, and then be like, okay, I don't understand how this would happen. The serial killer, and this is not a spoiler, but he kills Madison May in various realms. She is a real estate agent in the opening scene when he kills her, right? Opening scene. That sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm it like making cra- faces at Renee. It is that crazy. Uh-huh. But then, okay, then things happen and there are other realms and she has other jobs and she has other, but she's, you know what I mean? She's still the same Madison may, but then something happens. There's a couple other characters, Felicity and Hugo. Felicity is a journalist, a reporter for um, big New York paper. And she kind of gets wind of this murder of the real estate agent and things happen. And Felicity gets involved in traveling the realms. Wow. And her goal is to investigate what is going on. It, can he be stopped? And that's all I really want to say. Okay. 
That's okay. Right. Well, how did you feel? Did you like it? I loved it. I oh, loved good. it. Okay. Yeah, I, I really did. It. I don't know that it's a. I haven't decided because I just finished it. And you know, right. I'm trying to sit with my books before I just shout out a star rating or anything like that. I don't know if it's five stars. Mm-hmm. It might be. I need oh, to think about it. Okay. It's really clever. Just go with the story. Great. Go with it, and don't try to figure out how he has this whole thing configured. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He being the author? He the, yes, he being the Got author. It. Okay. It is mind bending. But you know, there are there are people out there that say that everyone has has lived different lives. Mm-hmm. And this kind of explores with that idea. Exactly. Exactly. And that was The 22 Murders of Madison May by Max Berry. I don't know. What do you think? Did did it I that entice you at all? Not for me. I okay. don't think because I, <laughs> but I, lo- the thing that I love about this book is like, it combines two of your favorite things. It's the realms, the different yes. realms, and then also the it's, murder. Aspect. Right. It's perfect for me. No, and Serial it killer, sounds yeah. fascinating. And don't get me wrong. I did love one of my all time favorite books is dark matter. And that one definitely oh, yes. blows your mind and plays this, with different realms. Actually, I said that on Instagram when I just posted about my quick thoughts on this, this totally gave me dark matter Mm. vibes, not because of the plot, but because of the way it's structured in that, Mm -hmm. in the way that you feel reading this one was how I felt reading dark matter, which was, I have no idea what is going on, (laughs) but I like it, (laughs) but I'm into the story. I don't understand how these things happen, but it didn't matter. And there was also um, I mean, dark matter was a little bit more of a love story and this is a little yeah. bit more of a crime, mm-hmm. like serial killer story with, with smidge of love thrown in. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's, I'm glad you brought that one. Cause I know people were really interested in the sound of it. So I'll have to think about if what, if this is one I want to pick up or not. Right. Okay. I think my next buzzword is also one for you. I think we're going to agree on this one. Oh, okay. So my next buzzword is revenge. I like that. I like revenge. Yeah. And I'm bringing a book that I literally, similar to you, just finished right before recording. This is The Girls Are Also Nice Here by Lori Elizabeth Flynn. Do you know this book? I think I know the title. I have have no idea what it's about. Okay. It is about two former best friends that return to their college for their 10-year reunion to find that they're being set up by someone who wants to get revenge for what they did years ago. Oh, how come I don't know about uh-huh. this book? So this is coming of age suspense. And okay. okay, guys, honestly, this was one of the nastier books I've read in a while. One of my pet, pe- okay. One of the things I love is when a group of friends comes back together years later and reflects back on a bad thing that they did when they were in college or when they were in school. And a lot of the time it's not that bad. This is bad. This is not good. (laughs) This is very bad. I don't know why I liked it, but I really did. This is where I don't know if you'll like it. If it flashes between the then when the girls were in their freshman year of college and the now where they come back together for this college reunion. And mainly it's about two characters who have funny names, Ambrosia Wellington and Sloan Sullivan. These two were the quintessential mean girls and they took things way too far one Halloween. When I tell you I got sucked in right away, I got sucked in. I was listening to the audio and I was really, really curious, like I said, to see if the bad thing was actually that bad. And it was, Oh, but then I wanted to see if they got theirs at the end and you'll have to wait and see to find out what happens. There were notes of obsession too, which is another buzzword for me. And I thought, The author did such a great job of really capturing the college experience well. It helps that the girls graduated the year that I did from undergrad. So it's like, okay, I remember they talked about things like America's Next Top Model and wearing chokers. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's (laughs) definitely the year that I graduated. She also talked about what happens when you reflect back on who you were in college and having your current spouse meet your college friends and some of the tension that can be there the competition, the toxic female friendship, college boys, lying, cheating, all of this is there. These characters are super unlikable, but that was fine by me. The ending was nuts and it was super addicting. I will say there is a epilogue that I didn't need, 
But other than that, I, I had fun with this. And I'm sorry, guys, this is a really nasty little book. But if uh. you like, <laughs> if you like revenge and you like thrillers and that sort of thing, I think you can hang with it. And this was The Girls Are All So Nice Here by Lori Elizabeth Flynn. Oh, okay. I'm did you do that one on audio? I did. And I don't love this particular narrator. Okay. Oh, but, okay. Okay. Yeah, But I it was really... okay. Yeah. 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 I liked the story enough to where I was like, okay, I got to figure out what's going on. Okay. Interesting. I do like revenge. I yeah. do very much. And now that you had said that, it reminded me that I love vigilante justice, but I do oh. not. Ah, yeah. I didn't bring any, I didn't bring any pics of vid, vigilante justice today. Maybe for a future episode, we future, can do this again. For sure, because I really like that, which is a different form of revenge, right? Sure, sure. All right. Well, my next one has nothing in the title, but as soon as I read the synopsis, like the very first line or so of the synopsis is filled with my bookish catnip. Okay. (laughs) It is called The Last Act by Brad Parks. Okay. And these might be, Tina, these might be your anti, Uh-oh. anti-bookish catnip. Okay. <laughs> okay. The synopsis is filled with the words thrills, deceit, FBI, cartels, money laundering, and someone going undercover. <laughs> wow. This is made that for is you. These everything. are all of your words. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm t- When I say it's catnip, it's catnip. This is Build as a deliciously tense novel of thrills, twists, and deceit that will keep readers riveted. And it was. I think this was my first, the first and only book I've read by Brad Parks, but I I need to read more. This is about struggling stage actor Tommy Jump. And he knows he's chasing kind of the role of a lifetime. However, he is heavily in debt has a pregnant fiance and is approached one day by the FBI who offers him $150,000 for a six month acting gig. Now, what they want is for him to go undercover into prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have their sights set on a wealthy banker and he has spent four years laundering money for a cartel and one of the deadliest cartels in Mexico and their major supplier of meth and blah, blah, blah. So he has documents that they need and they need someone to go in and kind of befriend him and get close to him. So under a false name and backstory, Tommy agrees to do this. And he agrees because it's a low level security federal prison. Uh Yeah. And he's thinking, okay, I can do that. Now, no one knows, no one knows that Tommy is not actually a prisoner. Like the guards don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to go well for Tommy. No, but this sounds so interesting. (laughs) And so he goes in, he quickly realizes that he's underestimated the enormity of his task and the terrifying reach of the cartel. Because the FBI is not the only one who's trying to get this banker with the papers. Okay. That's the basic setup. It was so good. This was action packed. This was cinematic from start to finish. I even went back to see if this has been optioned because I, I think I read this two years ago and I don't, I didn't find that it's been optioned as a movie, which I'm shocked by. I was totally on board with Tommy. I liked him. The cartel, the way the cartel operates, I'm always very fascinated. Yep. Um, I think they're extremely scary to read about, especially since what they do is really like truly what they do. So in fiction, as well as nonfiction, I'm always fascinated to read about the cartels. So this one has uh, short chapters, a breakneck pace, and very, very well done dialogue. I finished it in one day. So if you like books that read like a movie, this one's for you. And that was The Last Act by Brad Parks. Yeah, that sounds really good. That one I could do. You could? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, good. You got me with that one. Good, good. Yeah, I think you might like this one. Okay. (laughs) 
Next for me, I think is a buzzword that you will like as well. It is the word stalker. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And like your cat. And uh, yeah. for, for this. And Joe Goldberg. And Joe Goldberg. Exactly. Right. Yes. So I knew you would like stalker. But for this one, I have the arrangement by Robin Harding. Do you know this one? Oh, yes. Okay. I read this one. Okay. So this one, you have Natalie, who is a 21-year-old art student who moved to New York to escape her small hometown. She's doing her best to make ends meet, but when she loses her job and is on the verge of eviction, she gets desperate. A friend tells her about something called the Sugar Bowl, which is an app that connects young women to wealthy men for companionship and payment. And she had planned to go on just a few dates to earn the money she needed to stay afloat, but she ends up getting matched with someone that she becomes obsessed with. I thought this was so fun. I thought it was so well-paced and very well-plotted. Natalie makes a lot of dumb decisions. It's not one where you're going to watch her and be like, yeah, that was rational to do. (laughs) You're going to shake your head at the things that she does. But it was really, really entertaining to watch the drama unfold. I also really enjoyed the ending for this one. There was a little bit of kind of a revenge sidebar in there and something I didn't include today, but another thing that I love is rich people problems. And this one had that as well. And Robin Harding is somebody that I'm going to talk about, I'm sure a couple of times on this podcast, just because I really Mm -hmm. tend to enjoy her books. Also appreciated that the author did not shame the girls for being sugar babies There was no judgment there. She was basically just sharing that this is what people did. And when she was writing the book, she actually interviewed some women that work as sugar babies to help her understand what they go through. All in all, this one comes highly recommended from me. That was the arrangement by Robin Harding. Um, I second that. I love, I love that. Yeah. I give that five stars. I love it. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay, good. I wasn't sure if you read it. And then if you did, if you liked it. So that is a double cosign, which always makes me happy. Yeah. And I agree with you. I like her books too. I have a feeling that we'll probably share Mm -hmm. more of her books here and there. Yeah. The perfect family is the one she has coming out later this summer. And I have my eyes on it. I know who's going to read it first. So it's me. Well, we'll we'll see. (laughs) I think I included it on my bonanza, but I can't remember. No, you did. I did. I gave you that one. I said you could. We were, we, we both wanted to share that one. We traded because I gave you the other black girl. Exactly. All right. You might be interested in this one only because my next one is a memoir. Oh, look at you. I know. It has my buzzwords of FBI. (laughs) Can I just do a side note? I mean, if you didn't already know, I wanted to be, I wanted to go to the FBI from college. Yes, I did. But then I took a different, a different track. Yeah. I wanted to be a profiler. Oh, I could see that. Oh my God. But you're so good at research. (laughs) Like, I feel like you'd be really good at that. I would be the worst profiler ever. I'd be like, well, he seems fine to me. <laughs> I don't know why he does what he does. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, okay. So this one is, yes, FBI and undercover or and terrorism. Oh. Those, those are the three mm-hmm. that got me with this book. And it's called American Radical, Inside the World of an Undercover Muslim FBI Agent. Oh, Have wow. You heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay. Good. Sounds really good though. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I what? know. I mean, how have I not heard of this? That cover, I mean, that title. Um, this is by Tamer Elnery and Kevin Marrer. Now, Tamer is a pseudonym because I think I, uh, this came out in 2017. I, I read it right when it came out. And at that time, he was still working as an undercover Muslim agent. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure if he still is, but that's why he's writing under a pseudonym. So this is the story of an active Muslim American federal agent who reveals his experience infiltrating and bringing down a terror cell in North America. Longtime undercover agent Tamer joined the elite counterterrorism unit after 9-11. Its express purpose was to gain the trust of terrorists whose goals were to take out as many Americans in public as possible. This was fascinating Mm -hmm. to know and also terrifying because I had no idea what actually, of course we don't, but what actually goes on 
that we never know about that they end up stopping. That's right? the point, right? Right. But it is terrifying to think but about. The amount of people out there, sorry, this might be a this might be a downer, but the amount of people out there that are scheming is crazy. This particular story centers on one particular terror cell. And you get to follow him and his team as they work to catch them. Mm-hmm. So to me, this memoir read like a page turning novel. I had mentioned when I read it in 2017 that it felt like watching an episode of Homeland. Mm-hmm. So if you like that show, I think you would definitely like this book. thought he did a fantastic job of sharing details Um, as many as he could, about the world of an undercover agent, how they train, how they live, and the extreme emotional psychological stress it takes on their psyches. If you really like the idea of how do these agents infiltrate terrorism cells or probably even any sort of undercover work, then you will be fascinated by this. In this story, he's dealing with radical Islamic terrorists and he had to befriend a lot of them. And it was fast. It was just fascinating. I hung on every word. He described conversations in which the terrorists laid out detailed plans to kill Americans. Uh, it was scary to read. I don't think most of us would understand what's going on, but we are very lucky that people out there have these jobs that want to do this for yes yeah and it was first person narrative structure which i thought worked perfectly i felt like i was a fly on the wall watching each scene unfold the pace was steady although i will say i thought it dragged a little in the middle but the last third made up for it and i couldn't turn the pages fast enough i thought this was a suspenseful storyline And I would highly recommend this to anyone that also might enjoy those buzzwords. I can't imagine how risky that is. Right. Even that he was able to write this memoir while still doing the work. Right. And I wondered, because sometimes they take, they don't let you write a lot, but he did. He was able to explain how his particular life as an undercover agent goes. I thought it was Great. And that was American Radical Inside the World of an Undercover Muslim FBI Agent by Tamer Elnery. You couldn't have surprised me more by you bringing a (laughs) memoir, but that makes sense when you explain what it is, because those are your words. Yes. And remember when I told you, like, my memoirs tend to involve crime Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. Yeah, that tracks. Or justice or something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I may try to branch out, but that's usually what I like. All right. What's next for you? So my final word is con. Like Ooh, a con I like job. cons. Mm-hmm. And for this, I have Pretty Things by Janelle Brown. I had to bring this book. That's a good I one. talk about it often, but it's really one of my top recommendations for suspense. If you don't know Pretty Things, it is about Nina, who is the daughter of a con artist. Her mother is a con herself and basically hustled to provide for her her entire life. Nina decided to try and break away from what her mom did by earning a fancy liberal arts degree in art, I believe. And she is pursuing a fulfilling career. That doesn't quite work out. So her dream crashes and she turns to her boyfriend, Lachlan, and joins him in stealing from other rich kids in L.A. Basically, Nina's gift is being able to decipher and figure out what things are really expensive. They take them and then they sell them for profit. But Nina's mom gets sick. And so Nina puts everything on the line to help her, which leads she and her boyfriend to their most extreme job yet. So Nina and Lachlan plan to pose as a newlywed couple on a writing slash yoga retreat in an attempt to outwit a privileged and lonely young heiress. So the heiress is Vanessa and she has a broken engagement and she works as an Instagram influencer. (laughs) So when everything goes down, she retreats to her family's ramshackle estate in Lake Tahoe without much to keep her occupied besides Instagram. I liked it because this did not feel like a traditional thriller. I would call it more suspenseful than anything else. And the author really took her time with the buildup of the story. 
and developing the characters. And honestly, despite their flaws, you kind of come to understand each of the characters and their motivation. The thing I loved probably the most about this were the twists. There were several Mm -hmm. and one that literally made me gasp out loud. Like I did not see that coming. And I absolutely loved the ending. I have been a fan of this book since I read it, but also I did do an author interview with Janelle Brown earlier this year where we got to chat a little bit about the book as well as some spoilers. So if you're interested in that, I will link it in the show notes. If you like cons, if you like thrillers or suspense with well-developed characters, some fun twists thrown in, I highly recommend it. It is Pretty Things by Janelle Brown. I love that one too. Oh, good. That one's a, a double. That's a double. That's two doubles for Two double us. cosigns. See? Two double. Okay. Thumbs up. Which you have one more, right? Yes, I do. Everyone may or may not be happy that I am not bringing a dark, twisted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Something a little lighter. Serial, maybe? Okay. I'm going lighter. And this is just how crazy. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a mood reader. So this is how my moods can shift. And they can shift to something that's described as warm, witty, suspenseful, filled with small town secrets, summer romance, big time lies, and spiked seltzer. Perfect. Okay. All right. See, there's my secrets. It is Two Truths and a Lie by Meg Mitchell Moore. Good. Have you read it? No, but I, I knew you liked this one and I wanted to. So tell me about it. Okay. This is a beach town setting set in Newburyport, Massachusetts. The story alternates between Rebecca, former leader of the mom squad, and a widow still grappling with her grief, her 17-year-old daughter, Alexis, who has many, many secrets. And she also has a successful YouTube channel. Sherry, who has just moved to Newburyport with her young daughter, under some very interesting circumstances, the other character is actually the squad, which is the very catty, gossipy group of local moms whose perspective is from a time in the future. That ended up being my very favorite perspective. There is much drama to be had. I was here for all of it. There was a little bit of mystery Actually, there was a lot of mystery involved. This is kind of also billed as a propulsive thriller. I don't think it was a propulsive thriller, but I do. There was mystery because Sherry and her daughter have a lot of secrets. Like her daughter's 11, she has terrifying nightmares, and those don't jibe with the reason that Sherry says they have moved there after her bad divorce. So all these ladies have secrets. I thought the structure of the story was one thing that really made me love it. I was invested in the perspectives and how they all tied together. The author, the way she wrote The Squad, she completely nailed catty, gossipy, white-claw, day-drinking women who I didn't at all like, but I really liked reading about them. So if you like those types of characters, the dialogue was excellent. Of course, the setting, I mean, it's perfect for summer with the beach setting. This is one too, that you do have to suspend some disbelief in parts. Just go ahead and do that. It's it's not that big a deal. Um, <laughs> I'm, fine, a, with it's it's a fun, very, I'm fine with that. It's a very fun summer read. I really liked it. I I don't know why we don't hear more actually from this author, as far as like people talking about her books, I think that they are some of the best beach type summer reads out there. This is not the first book I've read by her. That was Two Truths and a Lie by Meg Mitchell Moore. Mm, Thank you for bringing that one. And that is something I definitely want to get to before the summer is through. Yeah, I think you would like it. Well, that was fun. Especially I'm glad you, you like secrets. I do like secrets. That's yes. one that I, I'm always like, I got to know. I got to know a little bit more. Well, hopefully this was fun for you guys. We asked you on Instagram what your buzzwords were. And it's so interesting. I don't know what it is. I'm just always fascinated by which words really mm-hmm. grab people. And I think we can definitely do another episode like this down the line. There was a lot of variety mm-hmm. in what people are interested in. Yeah. It, it, that I thought was so fun. too. That was fun to read. Yeah. So are you ready to share your shelf edition? 
So my shelf edition is The Stolen Hours by Alan Eskins. This is a mystery that was blurbed by Karen Slaughter. Okay. I know this author. Mm-hmm. And that's why it got on my radar because I read his book in 2019, I think, called Nothing More Dangerous. And I really enjoyed it. So I was happy to find that he's got a new release coming out. In this one, you have Lila Nash, and she is on the verge of landing her dream job as a prosecutor for the Hennepin County attorney. And all seems to be going right for her. She's got an apartment with her boyfriend, and she's getting this dream job until one day a woman that she has a personal connection to gets pulled from the Mississippi River, who is on the brink of death. And the police believe it's this local photographer that was the culprit. But evidence wears thin, and it seems like this guy that they accused knew this investigation was coming and has prepared for it. Lila becomes determined to get this guy behind bars, but in order to outsmart him, she has to share some secrets of her own. And I really enjoy this author's writing. It sounded like a nice, interesting plot. And one, I like lawyers. That's another thing that I like in my books is you know lawyers as protagonists. So this one is The Stolen Hours by Alan Eskins, and it comes out on September 7th, later this year. I didn't know about that one. I like his books. I thought you were going to say you read The Life We Bury, which is what I read, oh, and it mm-mm. was really good. Good. I'm glad to hear that we have two different books of yeah. his that worked. But That's I haven't read the one it. you mentioned, so now I, I'm going to add that. I'm changing my book at the very last minute. Okay, I'm go gonna, ahead. I'm going to go with, as my shelf edition, a disappearance. I can't resist. I don't know if you're going to be interested. It is called True Crime Story. Also true crime in the title. True Crime Story by Joseph Knox. And this was really odd because I have seen more than one pub date for this. It seems like the paperback comes out in December and it had a completely different cover, but then it also said it's out June 21st. I ordered it from Book Depository because I didn't think it came out until December. It looks like it is out already. And if not, it comes out in December. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or you can get it at Book Depository. Okay. This is really meta. This is the story of in the early hours of Saturday, December 17th, 2011, Zoe Nolan, a 19-year-old Manchester University student, walked out of a party taking place in the shared accommodation where she had been living for three months. She was never seen again. Is this nonfiction or fiction? That's what I'm saying. This is nonfiction. It's nonfiction. See? Okay. Okay. But it's very meta because the author is immersed in this story. It is nonfiction. This is a true story. Mm -hmm. Seven years after her disappearance, struggling writer Evelyn Mitchell finds herself drawn into the mystery. Through interviews with Zoe's closest friends and family, she begins piecing together what really happened in 2011. Where some versions of events overlap, aligning perfectly with one another, others stand in stark contrast, giving rise to troubling inconsistencies. Shaken by revelations of Zoe's secret life and stalked by a figure from the shadows, Evelyn turns to crime writer Joseph Knox to help make sense of a case where everyone has something to hide. The reason this is interesting is because I read the very first author's note and Penguin Random House had a little blurb that said that they had gotten the author to write a a second edition, mm-hmm. like a little like an in, addendum. Yes, I guess. So maybe it's a reprint is why it also has a different cover. I'm not sure. And that they had also parted ways with him. Oh, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Then he has his own author's note. And he explains that he initially didn't want to write the addendum. But what this story is about is the fact that Evelyn had come to him about this story and he had disregarded her. At first they became friends and then he was writing his other books, which are crime novels, fiction novels. And I've read um, one of those and he ended up kind of writing her off as like a kooky, whatever. Well, then it turns out that she was on to something and he had kept telling her, he writes this in the author's note that he felt bad. He had repeatedly told her 
you don't have a story unless there's a dead body. You don't like this girl's story is not going to go anywhere unless there's a body at the end of it. And then he wrote, turns out there was a, there was a body and that is why he's writing this book. And it wasn't Zoe's body. So something happened to Evelyn. And so he, Uh he took over. He uh-uh. took over. He got all of her. And he says in there, this is with written. This is with permission of her friends and her family. And he took over and he wrote this book. He wrote Evelyn's book. Do you wow. know what it reminded me of? Yes. Of I'll, the, be, all, gone of, the I'll be Gone in the Dark. Uh-huh. Exactly. Michelle McNamara's Exactly. Book. And what happened. Except this was, I don't know, something unplanned possibly happened to okay. Evelyn. I don't know. Well, are you're you going to have to. Are you fascinated? I'm fascinating, but you're going to just have to give me the skinny. Just read this and then let me know what happened to her. Okay. <laughs> it does look like it is structured with interviews and snippets like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how easy that's going to be to read, but yeah, I will but give it a try. Sounds unique for sure. Right. And that was True Crime Story by Joseph Knox. Well, great. We did want to share one listener recommendation for this week, and it came from Jennifer. It is a book that's also on my TBR. So I was happy that she recommended it to us. And in her email, she says, I just listened to Once It Reads. My newest Once It Read was Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody. I absorbed it yesterday. Now I have a book hangover. I love the writing, characters, and the whole story. I had this book on my radar because I like books that have musicians at the center of it. And it was said that this one's in the vein of Daisy Jones and the Six, and that it's a novel about music and chasing after your dreams. So thank you, Jennifer, for recommending this to us. It was Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody. Yes, thank you. I have seen that around Instagram. I don't typically like books involving music, Mm -hmm. but I went after she sent that email, I went and pulled it up and read the entire synopsis and- (laughs) Then I thought you were going to say I read the entire thing. No, I read the entire <laughs> synopsis and I and I thought that sounded really good. It yes. reminded me a little of the movie A Star is Born. So oh. I downloaded the audio. Yeah, I'm going to do audio too. So we'll, we'll yeah. have to fight for that so one again. So thank you for that, Jennifer. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us out by following us wherever you listen to podcasts and by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us get our podcast out to new listeners and grows our audience. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc. and Renee at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. And like, I mustn't drink almost this entire thing of water. No, it was probably halfway. So that is a boatload of water. I actually started to get nervous. I'm like, am I drinking too much water? Like, because I feel like that's a bad thing. How many ounces is that? Oh God, it's math It looks a lot. It's 3,500 milliliters. So whatever they are. Okay. Well, how do you Google to convert that to? Oh, it's a gallon. (laughs) Oh, okay comes out eventually. I just didn't fill that part in. <laughs> comes out sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You'll find it when I find it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking. Okay. I am looking. I am. Looking. Oh, <laughs> that would be weird. If I, just like, well. you're just going to leave it at, it'll be out okay. in the future. <laughs>